Welcome, listeners, to our first bonus episode by Regarding Dracula, exploring the cultural context and history of vampires. Special thanks to all our crowdfund supporters on Seed and Spark. You are the ones who made this possible. My name is Hannah Wright, my pronouns are she, her, and I am one of the executive producers and directors of Regarding Dracula. In our first episode, we will be exploring the real-life implications of real-life vampires. I am so glad to be joined by two guests today. Would you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, my name is Drakar. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Helvetica. And we are professionally and personally vampire hunters. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of a full-time job. Yeah. Fascinating. Now... Uh, what came first for the two of you? Your first meeting or being vampire hunters? It's kind of, it's kind of hard to say. We've been both in the game for so long uh, and working a lot of angles together in it that uh, time goes funny. I think you and I met first at that support group meeting. Yeah. Um, funny story, actually. Uh, I mean, when you're undercover as deep as we are, it's important to to really immerse yourself in the culture. So... I was at a show, like a concert with a friend of mine, and we both just woke up in the middle of a field. I mean, if I didn't know better, I would think I'd been trampled to death and resurrected. I felt so bad. She tragically actually had been turned into a vampire. Mm. And um, I knew kind of from that moment that I really wanted to learn more about vampires. That was my first time understanding that they were real. And so I started going to support group meetings with her um, with the hopes of eventually slaying her and everyone that she met. Yeah. And I mean, I, I had wound up there because I have sort of a long family history in, in the vampire community. My grandfather was a vampire and he really tried to get me into it from like an early age. He was very into the fellowship of it all and sort of the community aspect. And I went to a couple of functions, a couple of events, but the, the rituals just didn't sit right with me. And, you know, I would go to a couple things just to make him happy and show up there, you know, as familial support. And uh, he happened to be at that support group meeting and we both met. And when you're the only two non-vampires in a room, you kind of, you know, sidle up and we've been sort of a team ever since. Yeah. Now, I would love to hear from you about the difference between being professionally and personally vampire hunters. Ah, uh, mm. it's a job that follows you home. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I live in a house um, with 12 vampires, and then I'm the only human, obviously, though they think I'm a vampire. Um, mm. And then obviously, you know, like, I sleep in a pile in the basement with everyone, and I'm romantically in a relationship with a vampire. That's all part of the job. That's that's literally how you immerse yourself. I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's a lot like investigative journalism. You yeah. know, you're in the scene, you embed yourself. I'm in a band mm -hmm. and every other member of that band is vampires. Yeah, the fangers. You guys are yeah. really good. Yeah, the fangers. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. What genre of music is that band? It's pop punk, but we kind of dive into ska sometimes. I was going to say ska. Yeah, well, it's just mm -hmm. because uh, Lars has a trumpet and has mm -hmm. been trying to learn it. And so we'll incorporate that into the pop punk. And that's kind of what ska is. I mean, don't say that to a ska fan, but... Oh, sure, sure. Is it difficult to play the trumpet with vampire fangs? You know, the thing about the trumpet is I think it would be difficult to play the trombone. The armature mm -hmm. of a trumpet is a lot tighter, uh, very front of mouth, but whereas you'd have to use a trombone, uses uh, more of your lips and more of your mouth. So 
Debbie, I'll have to see what Lars thinks. Um, well, you know, Debbie plays harmonica, and it doesn't seem to be a problem. That's true. So I think, you know. I think you get used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, how often do you think about how your mouth feels? I'm thinking about it right now. Well, aside from right now. Mm. So you spoke on this some, but what is a typical day like in the life of a vampire hunter? Do you want to go first? Yeah, well, I mean, a typical day is sleeping. And that was an adjustment, you know, the night schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I mean, pretty much from leaving that concert to, you know, following my friend of the support group and deciding to kind of like go through the motions and like pretend to be a vampire, I found the switch a lot easier than I expected. I pre- I, I kind of gave up on uh, being awake during the day and uh, took to the night pretty well. Uh, but, you know, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. It, you deal with the, the job. It's, it's surprising when you're embedded in a community like that, how closely, uh, how quickly you can adjust and adapt. Like mm-hmm. I, I had no problem switching. Drinking blood for the first time was interesting. Yeah, it was weird. Oh, oh. So you have partaken of the devil's sacrament. Yeah, well, you have to. I mean, mm. it'd be super weird if you're, you know, at like Dave's house, for example, for like one of his parties. And, you know, like we're all just kind of chilling, kumbayaing by the fire and someone passes around the O negative. Like you can't. I mean, if you say no, it's like, why? It's, and you it's know? weird. I, I have only had devil's sacrament once. It's usually um, we do sort of micro brews or sort mm-hmm. of smaller sustainable things. Devil's Sacrament ends up, um, it's a, it's a fancy thing. It's like a once in a while thing. So I've only gotten to try it once. I don't think it's as good as people say it is. I think it's honestly like, I, I prefer like organic blood. Like I like to, you know, like we're talking about, like we have a lot of sustainable sources for blood. I was surprised by that. Like I thought that there was going to be a lot more murder. Um, I've encountered none. Yeah. And in, in, in my, um, well, no, no vampire on vampire murder. I mean like human to vampire murder for sure. But like, part of it yeah um yeah so definitely drinking blood is part of it i don't know if you've noticed this uh and i wouldn't expect this because obviously we're humans we're not vampires but i can tell what type of blood is immediately just by smell it's it's weird it's kind of like um you know people who get really into wine can like identify Mm -hmm. oh this has floral notes this is very uh ammonia i don't know enough about wine but it's similar with blood but you can definitely identify the type and to the point that if you're like out on a hot day and someone's mm-hmm. doing some work and they're really sweating. You oh, can, you can smell it. You can smell skin, it. You can smell sure. it on their skin. Yeah, like yeah. salivating. There's like a real salivating kind of yeah. mouthfeel. I get that mm. a lot with um, people who have spent a lot of time on the coast. I'd say mm-hmm. that's probably my favorite. Yeah. Not so much like a, it's not just like a type, you know, like A, B, O. It's like also like, what do you do? Where have you been? It's terrar. That. Yeah, it's terrar for sure. While you are uh, undercover with uh, vampires, what is the um, what is the goal of a long con like that? Really, to find community um, yeah, in, sure. in a way, and 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 understand sort of how these these covens and uh, different groups—they don't all call themselves covens—just um, how all of these groups come together and the the intergroup dynamics and mm-hmm. sort of the culture and the vibe. It's really. It, like I've said before, it, the investigative journalism is sort of the closest thing I could I could say because you mm-hmm. really you become embedded in it. What was your question? What is the goal? Yes, why a long con rather than specific targets or singling people out? If I killed a vampire, I'm not in that community anymore. Yeah. 
So then what have I done? I've killed one vampire, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's sort of better to not kill them. I mean, and we've, we've witnessed vampire deaths. Yeah. We, we were at a beautiful service uh, in the last, last month. Week. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. Those, there were two. Yeah. There's a really nasty, um, bout of different bloodborne pathogens going around. I'm actually on the board for an organization that helps raise money to eradicate those. Um, it's, it's, it's really deeply rooted in the vampire community right now. Um, and the thing people don't realize is immortality is just, you don't age to death. Yeah. You know? There's so, so many other ways to die. I mean, surface was beautiful. Though. Ugh, I mean, it was really powerful to lay, to lay her to rest. Yeah. You know, have you ever seen like a magician release a flock of doves at like a magic show and they soar into the air? It's, no. it's, not oh. even one time. No. Damn. Oh. Well, well, honestly, don't because yeah. this is so much better. They did. They did it with bats. It was the entire congregation at the end. It was beautiful. All, all but us, and yeah, and a couple amazing. of other vampires who choose not to turn into bats. Yeah. Um, because there there are lots of reasons not to do that too. Mm -hmm. It's something that we've discovered. Hmm. Uh, tell me more about the turning into bats. Is that uh, it's if there are many reasons not to do it, then. Uh, under what circumstances have you witnessed such an amazing feat? Well, I mean, Drake does it all the time. Like that's yeah. his whole thing. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing. I mean, that's that's why he's like bald, like fully bald, because your hair falls out immediately, mm. and your hair grows slower when you're a vampire. We've observed, so it's just, it's just a pain. I keep my hair short um, so that if people see me, they assume that oh, I just haven't been a bat for a while. Because yeah. if you see a vampire with long hair, that is cause for like a conversation like, oh, why haven't you been doing the bat thing? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's so convenient to be able to do it, mm -hmm. um, that it is it is a choice to not. But yeah, one of the main reasons is that all of your hair falls out. Mm -hmm. You all strike me as more anthropologists of vampire culture than people who hunt them down and murder them. Well, mm. Ghost hunters don't murder ghosts. An excellent point. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's difficult because anthropology is a part of, I think, any hunter field. You know, we're really like hunter-gatherers, gathering information. Um, it's about the hunt itself. I mean, what is the hunt once the kill is done? And, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, we wouldn't be a member of the community, and then that would be the end of it all. And there is still a lot of hunting involved, like... Mm -hmm. Me and the Fangers, we have to hunt down venues that'll yeah, uh, play okay. shows that late into the night because we can't even get there for load-in until at least 8 p.m., especially in mm -hmm. the summertime. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there's a lot of seeking seekers. Mm -hmm. More vampire seekers. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, we do. They should all they should all die, kind of. Right. I mean, it's an abomination on humanity. Well, I mean, it's a sin. Yeah, I mean, humanity is not great, but you know, it's we're it's a balance. It's yeah, you know, it's hard when you're in it all the time. Um, yeah. sleeping, eating, living, and and like I've drinking really grown up around drinking a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I, I think people don't really realize too. Like you live in a house with thirteen people in it, you know, mm -hmm. counting yourself. But you, you've told me before, like there's not a lot of dishes to do. Like everyone's no. pretty responsible. We all just have a cup. I mean, I'm pretty much fully on blood now. I I was anemic before I became a vampire hunter. And so, like, it's been really nice. Um, honestly, I like a liquid diet. It's less to think about. And everyone just washes their cup. I mean, you, you really don't have to worry about it. Those communal living can be really hard when you have to think about dishes. And 
Mm. You know, roommates can be the worst. They can. Yeah. Vampire roommates, not in my experience. They've been yeah. great. Uh, honestly. Fascinating. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to a camp in, uh, what day is it? In about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, all vampires. We're just going to do like a little retreat with um, sort of yoga. And it's kind of got to focus on microbrew kombucha, which is mm-hmm. something that's very big in the vampire community. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly. Big on the booch. Is that camp brew blood or young blood? Uh, usually young blood. Okay. Uh, like the recurring event is usually at young blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Uh, uh, why on the, on the kombucha? What? Why kombucha in particular? I think because it takes a lot of patience, and mm-hmm. that's something that vampires have in abundance. Uh, it comes with the immortality of it all, uh, and it's an interesting flavor, and it's weirdly close to human blood. Mm-hmm. Not the flavored kind, but like very plain kombucha. Mm-hmm. And it mixes really well with blood because it's, it's, it's fungal. Yeah. Fermented also. Fermenting, you know. Um, There's kind of a death rebirth thing. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it, it interacts well with um, not just vampire systems. I think also obviously human systems. I mean, I drink a ton of, mm-hmm. of, of kombucha, blood bucha. Uh, the booch, as we call it. But I feel like definitely on a body that's like slower, like that's not processing in the same way. It's nice to have this kind of like pickled fermented element. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like living among vampires for so long. This is my first time talking just like to humans. Yeah, I months. At least. I know. I know. Usually uh, it's like you're the only human I talk to yeah. on a regular basis. It's usually it's mostly vamp. So talking to you is, is very interesting. Wow. And on the final note on the kombucha thing, too, it has a lot to do with um, macrobiotic. Mm. When you're consuming primarily blood, it can throw off your digestive flora, and you need yeah. to balance it's that. It's all about gut health when you're a vampire. I mean, it, you don't have to eat really as much, but kimchi, kimchi, kombucha, um, occasionally kefir, but there's a lot of lactose intolerance in the community. So, you know, you balance it out. But I mean, that good flora fauna gut health is super important. I know a lot about vampire health because obviously I'm the head of the uh, blood pathogen organization. Um, and, of you know, anything helps if you have anything to donate. Um, we're really trying to eradicate these uh, bloodborne diseases that are really affecting yes. the vampire community right now. Uh, what is, uh, before we move on, what is the name of that organization? Uh, blood Now. Blood, blood now. now. You heard it, folks. Donate to yeah. Blood Now. Mm-hmm. Now, from your descriptions, one might believe that vampire hunting is all glamour. Is that the case? No, no. I mean, it's it's a lot like having a very active social life. Uh, yeah. There are ups and downs. There's a lot of drama. You know, not mm-hmm. all vampires. Sure, it's like a big factor to be part of a community is to be a vampire. But there's, you know, a lot of interpersonal struggle. There's a lot of relationships. When your lifespan is basically unending unless something happens to you there's very interesting relationship dynamics that play out especially amongst the older generations like vampires that have been around for a really long time drake is weird drake is weird yeah he's kind of the og if it's uh not unkind to ask how old is drake oh gosh gosh. this whole show that you're interviewing us about like is his whole thing in it ah drake is short for interesting Moving on. You'd think that, but actually, he's weird. He I mean, weird. he's a weird dude. I think he's, that whole thing was like an act. Yeah, like, oh, he's he's strange in a way. Like, I don't get the ick. He's not 
like creepy. Yeah. He's just an odd. Bo- he can go and go and go. Mm, yeah. Um, he'll he'll tell you. He's one of those people. You ask him what time, and he'll tell you how to build a watch, kind of thing. And he's always got two dollar bills. Two dollar bills, balloon animals, like constantly. I Does mean, he do he the will- quarter thing to you? The behind the ear thing? Yes. I'm like Drake. We've been friends for at least sixty years at yeah. this point. It's just wild. Yeah. Sixty, you say? You don't look a day over. I don't know. Maybe thirty. It's it's Thank the gut you. health. Yeah, it's I honestly mean, paying attention to what you put in your body. And yeah. What's in your body most of the time? Mm. It's blood. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, being around, you know, all these famous people are doing these IVs, these oxygen mm. bars, but I, blood uh, bars are next. I think sure. so. Yeah. Really? Yeah. This sort of a little pet project that we have going on is is writing some papers to submit to um, you know the various regulatory agencies about trying to open up blood mm-hmm. bars for everybody. We, we think that'll help end the stigma and really uh, help make sure that everyone is getting access to good, healthy blood. I mean, mainly for the vampires who need it, but obviously we've found a lot of benefits as humans. So yeah. I think everyone. I, accessibility is so important. So and, important. And I have to say too, and feel free to cut this out, but do you have any idea how freeing it is to not have to poop? I imagine your uh, time is open up significantly. You would not believe. I can get how so much, much done. Time people spend pooping. Mm-hmm. I don't even look at my phone anymore. I'm sorry to revisit the idea of uh, Drake being the show's whole deal, as you put it. Mm-hmm. Um, are you implying that the uh, incidents recorded in in Transylvania and and in London uh, were all merely commitment to the bit? I mean, yeah. that sounds like Drake. I mean, I've read I've read some of this stuff. He has Classic been around. Drake, I swear. The thing that's weird is that it's hard to tell if he really bought into it or if he was just committing it like or committing to to a bit. You know, he's he often like I mean, obviously, we've known him for a while. I mean, not a long time in, in vampire years, but obviously for our lifespans. He sometimes does like a theater professor stint. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be at some liberal arts school for a little while and uh, he always is like, you know, like Professor D and he always wants to do like a unit on fantasy and like monster lore. He's so into the meta of it. I think you know, you get to be that age and it just kind of everything is meta. I, I think something that Drake has sort of but the big thing I've taken away from interacting with Drake is that when you have so long, you kind of just need to become a different person and have different lifespans at mm-hmm. different times. I don't know how self-aware he is when he's doing that, I guess. Yeah. You're implying that these vicious attacks on random innocent women were somehow out of his control because of some kind of theater? Oh. We're implying that they were staged. Yeah. No, he wouldn't. Uh, Yeah. He, like I said, like, I don't get the creeps from him. He's super nice, just weird. Yeah. So, um... Especially, I mean, back in those days, you know, we didn't have Twitter and Facebook and smartphones. It would be pretty easy to, you know, set up a piece of performance art, make sure some people from papers are there and sensationalize it. And I I would honestly assume that I think that for a while he was kind of distant from human culture. I think it was a vampire theater troupe. Mm. Mm. And the humans just kind of like got in, saw what was going on. But it, it, it was all really really satire. I mean, you know what happens when satire goes sort of misunderstood? The, uh, you could say, in some ways, I guess he was ahead of his time. Now, uh, I do just want to point out, uh, Jakar, that you did say we. 
uh, when referring to um, interactions with Drake that may have taken place more than 100 years ago. Oh, if I did, then I misspoke. I've only known Drake for about 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, six probably? Who's track of time? I mean... You do. Especially being awake. It's weird how much your circadian rhythm changes when you're not awake during the day. So mm-hmm. I would have to check that. I've known him a long time. Like, I think I, would, I could say I know him pretty well. As well as you can know someone who's been around, gosh, that long, you know? Mm-hmm. He's sort of one of the one of the older one of the older folks. Hmm. I'm I'm curious about um if Drake is is who you say he is, um uh, then he's come over from Europe and I I'm wondering about cultural differences between the uh, European and American vampire scenes, uh, if there is in fact a difference. I mean, you're really talking about old world versus new world, if we can use another wine analogy. There's one that I feel like that goes unnoticed though that would be on the top is that tea is very big here now in the vampire community and I assume that came from mm. uh, at least the English vampires, but uh, tea is good. Yeah. So but I mean, kombucha, obviously. Yeah, yeah. mushroom too. Uh, yeah. There's not as much of a difference across the board with older vampires. I mean, they, they certainly have a culture. You have generations, just like with anything else. But um, like, you know, my friend who was turned into a vampire, um, you know, whenever that was, feels so long ago. Um, you know, she's such a young vampire compared to a lot of, you know, who you would think are her peers now. Um, but you've, most of the older vampires are from Europe. I mean, you obviously have American vampires, but I think I think most of them are younger. I mean, it's kind of, there was a lot of dueling. Yeah, there are definitely, at least, not a lot of this history is recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, this oral tradition is still a very big thing. The risk of recording it is huge, right? So mm-hmm. that's yet another reason why we are in the perfect place to be vampire hunters, because we're sort of, uh, able to receive these oral traditions. But yeah, there was a lot of of dueling. I definitely think the migration from Europe to the Americas has brought with it some of those cultures for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this has anything necessarily to do with the question, but theatrics are big amongst mm-hmm. like almost every, like I'm in a band with some of the vampires. A bunch of them are involved in community theater. Mm-hmm. I think the adoption of different personas and different idiosyncrasies and things like that that come along with acting are very popular amongst vampires in general, probably because of the long lifespan that I think mm-hmm. a lot of the sort of smaller cultural differences just kind of uh, end up mm. in the mix. Well, there's that joke, you know, that like Hollywood is full of vampires. It is, though, really, yeah. really full of vampires. There's so many actors, I mean, and not the ones you would think Wicked. that are vampires. Who was... um. I can't remember the last name. The guy that was in that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. He played um, the, the main guy. Martin Sheen? Martin Short? God, it's one of those British Martins. One of those sort of charming, unassuming British Martins. Martin uh, Freeman. Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vampire. Yeah. Yep. You know who isn't a vampire? Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. And oh, you'd think so. I, well, I would. would like to think so. I also, have. it's actually kind of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. She keeps showing up like in costume, um, you know, trying to be like, oh, like I'd be a really good audition, like addition to to the team. And it's, I mean, it's a little bit tragic. And honestly, it, it I feel secondhand embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes we'll be setting up to go to a function. I do not know how she hears about these things, but like, we'll walk into like the, the room or whatever, and they're setting up the tables and she'll be there working the staff. And she'll just be like, 
oh, my neck is so stiff. Mm -hmm. I just need to stretch like this and like close her eyes and like mm -hmm. be like pointing at her neck. And mm -hmm. it's just like, what are you doing? That That is pathetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this actually leads me the, the talk of theatrics. Uh, what does folklore get correct about vampires? And uh, what, did the, the, what does folklore miss? I think it misses largely the very tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. It's sort of uh, reductively put that they just sort of glom together because they have to. But really, it's, it's a lot more dynamic than that. But Drake does do the blah, blah, blah thing. Yeah, he does. He does do that. Um, Mostly when he's had a couple, but... Yeah. I mean, well, and, you know, your experience is very unique because um, you are, you know, in a blended vampire-human family. Mm -hmm. You know, vampires are made, not born, but lots of vampires have human families. Mm -hmm. um, Actually, I'm the only one in my family who's not a vampire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is that, a, is that difficult for you? No. It's all I knew growing up, mm. you know? When I went to college, it was it was weird. They were very accommodating. I didn't drink blood when I was growing up. You know, they made me mac and cheese and Gordon's fish sticks and hot dogs. Mm -hmm. I ate normal child food <gasps> and was awake during the day. So I did. I guess it was kind of hard because I did mostly communicate with my parents via notes. Mm -hmm. But I, I was an only child. And I had a lot of friends. And being back and invested in the community, I feel like I had an easier time integrating into it because of that. Mm hmm. You have the existing background. Was it on the flip side then uh, difficult for you, Helvetica, to ingratiate yourself into that community as a newcomer? You know, I would have thought so, but it turns out like most of my friends were vampires. You know, I was really into like punk music, rock music, uh, you know, in my human life. Well, I'm still a human, but, you know, we call it our human life. Of course. It's, you do so times. deep in it. Yeah. Um, and I, once my friend was turned at that concert where we were both unconscious um, and she unfortunately was turned, I realized like a ton of our friends, a ton of people that we already liked were vampires. Um, and it was a pretty easy transition. My body just felt like attuned to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, it felt so natural. And I think that, you know, more people should try it just to see if that's the the kind of schedule they want to be on. Yeah, there is the, uh, we don't want to downplay the adjustment period too much. You get very bloated feeling mm -hmm. for a little while. There's kind of a hot uh, feeling like in your veins mm. um, the first couple of times, at least for me. Yeah, I felt like what I experienced was watching Cynthia go through that transformation. I felt like I had like a lot of sympathy pains, mm. you know, uh -huh. like it was just so like I'm an empath and it was just so intense to watch her go through it that like I felt the fire in my veins and I felt like I had fangs growing in and, you know, it just like I was right there with her. She was fevered. I felt fevered. Mm. Um, but, you know, ultimately, obviously, like, that was something she was going through uh, on her own. Because you, of course, are not a vampire. Exactly. No, yeah. you're just so caring. It's honestly, yeah. it's an inspiration. And Thanks. For me, I was reacting gastrointestinally to the blood. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. Uh, now... Speaking of reacting gastrointestinally, um, I think that it's time to ask the question that our listeners really want to know the answer to, which is, are vampires really sexy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's kind of across the board. Yeah, that's yeah. true. No, it wicked. Any, I would say, you know, like, those 
bald actors, like the ones you're thinking about when I say like hot bald actors, vampires, guaranteed. Just about really except, into batting. I know Alan Rickman wasn't bald, but he also wasn't a vampire. But he's one of the ones a lot of people think was. Mm-hmm. Um, he was totally he he was in the community though. Like, yeah, he yeah, was tangentially sure. involved. For he sure. yeah, like us, you know, like a human. Didn't he for a while? He made a big contribution to Blood Now or yes. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he was friends with the founder and um, yeah, very involved. But yeah, so B- BVE, big vampire energy, but not yeah. mm. not a vampire. It has something to do with when you pay that much attention to what's going into your body. Like we mentioned earlier, you pay that much attention to your gut health, uh, your figure, you have a lot longer to live. Mm-hmm. They are just hmm. on one. So then it's really just a matter of uh, paying attention to your appearance and caring about it that makes the vampires so sexy. Well, no, not exactly. I mean, I think they definitely have some sort of, I don't know if it's like, whatever the transformative thing that occurs definitely messes with a lot of the parts of your of your system. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do, like you can't see them in mirrors, right? That's a whole thing. Actually, that's why I had to take down all the mirrors at my place because when uh-huh. we come over to jam a band night, I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it's it has to do with the way perception is altered because they are sexy to everyone. Yeah. And it's almost hard to pin down. It's just about how they appear how they are perceived, just like the fact they can't be seen in mirrors, they are seen with your eyes as sexy. Yeah, I think you experience that with like, when you see someone and you're like, oh, I should not think that person is attractive. Probably a vampire. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really, it's a vibe. Pete it's Davidson. Like mojo. Oh, vampire. Yeah. Well, we all knew that. Weird dude. He was at our mixer. He's obviously a newer vampire and, mm. you know, yeah. the young ones. Uh, was it difficult for you that it, clearly you two are both very sexy? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, thank I can you. See thank you now you. on camera, and both attractive people who are very sexy. Was it difficult for you to become as sexy as you are in order to uh, fly under the radar as definitely not vampires? Oh, shucks, that's a big compliment. So thank nice. you. I get dressed in the dark. I don't really yeah. like look at myself in the mirror very much because you don't... Right, because you've taken them down to make other people comfortable and not because seeing your reflection without you is not a vampire. Yeah, well, that's another part of it is like you get in the habit of not looking in mirrors mm-hmm. or reflective surfaces because, you know, everyone else is used to not looking. And It's actually a tactic that you have as a vampire hunter because like you obviously can't control... I mean, we're trying to pass as vampires, mm-hmm. but like you might be out with your friends and there you have a reflection. So you if but if you're not looking, mm. they're not going to be looking. Yeah. It's like a mind over matter kind of thing. And so you're always directing their attention way. I mean, I haven't seen what I look like in a mirror. Oh, God, like since that concert, since before that concert. Yeah. When I mean, years years ago you simply haven't looked well the thing that like i usually will just sort of check on my phone camera the front facing camera Mm -hmm. um because that's just sort of more convenient Mm -hmm. Uh, and also that's what a lot of vampires do because Mm -hmm. it's it's not actually the act of reflecting it's the silver nitrate that they use in the mirrors that Mm -hmm. just does not reflect them back interesting i'm not entirely sure on the science of it but that's what everyone says uh because you can see vampires on camera. Obviously. If you couldn't, could you imagine 
how would actors be doing anything, right? That would be foolish. God, it would be so funny, though, wouldn't it? If they shot like a whole movie with a bunch of vampire actors and then they went to the editing room and they were like, uh, guys? They would have to CGI Martin Freeman as well as Benedict Cumberbatch in those Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, is vampire hunting what you would call a, a viable career um, if, for someone who was just starting out and perhaps looking for their path in life? I would say, I heard this once, if you don't mind me taking this, I, I think that this is the way to think about it. Treat becoming a vampire hunter um, like you would treat like theater mm-hmm. or any job that's really immersive in the arts and ask yourself, can I do anything else? And if the answer is no, Mm. because if you can do anything else, you should. It's hard. The double life is grueling. I mean, there is so much compartmentalization. Um, and but- there's, there's also asking if you if there's anything else you want to do, right? Because yeah. you can't while you're in it. No, you're and leaving it while possible seems kind of impossible once you've begun. Mm-hmm. It's mm. very hard to pull yourself out of that. Because once you've been embedded in a community that long, if you're just mm-hmm. out on the street and, you know, Lars walks by coming down from the music store or something because he got his trumpet tuned up, sees you, waves at you, and you are just not the person Lars knew, suddenly the vampires know that they had a human in their midst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. even worse than killing one vampire. Then you've killed none and they will probably kill you. Ah, uh, well, then uh, tell me, what would you do to uh, improve the vampire hunting industry? I think that's what we're trying trying to do with, with Blood Now is, mm-hmm. and, you know, like just to say again, every, every contribution does help, whatever anyone can give. But it is super important that we normalize like acts of drinking blood and like a lot of other, you know, vampiric kind of practices that we believe can benefit everyone. They've benefited us. Um, to humans who've just been living among vampires. Um, like sleeping in a pile. You mentioned earlier. That's yeah. hu- oxytocin, right? It's the, mm. it's the natural bonding drug and it comes from skin-to-skin contact and sleeping in a pile with a bunch of other people. I think there's a lot humans can take from vampires. Yeah. And so I think as we make those things more common, it's easier to kind of have it all. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, for us, we're pretty well in this, but we want future vampire hunters to be able to to, to have choice, to, to keep some aspects of their human life should they choose. Yeah, not, um, <clears throat> not sure how we get past the sun thing. How, how, uh, how do you get past the sun thing? I think if there was an answer for that question, we would not have uh, vampire hunters, as it were. Because I, I don't think that there would be, I think they would just be out and about, hmm. you know. Um, there is, like, you can apply a lot of thick makeup, but... Like, there are a couple members of... Have you ever seen the Blue Man Group? Uh, no. You haven't? Oh, they're those that, that live percussive show that uh, plays out where everyone is mm-hmm. painted with thick blue paint and they play strange instruments. Blue Men Group, like Smurfs. You have really not... You've not heard of the Blue Man Group? No. There are some members of the Blue Man Group that are vampires. Um, I would encourage you to, to look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually... Some sort of theater? Or? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It's it's like a musical... I almost said musical theater, but that is a thing that is very different. It's, it's almost like that, except that it is a concert. It is theatrical music. And you're saying some of these blue men are vampires. Mm-hmm. Because they're under like three layers of latex paint. That's like SPF 8 Bajil. Mm-hmm. Which is short for bajillion. Can you get sunscreen? Is that commercially available? I could use some. 
blue paint? No, no, the the, the high SPF doesn't matter. Please, uh, now, do you think that vampires are a, a threat to non-vampires' daily lives? Daily lives? No. I mean, I do you drive mean... a car? Occasionally. That's far more dangerous than a vampire. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that you will probably ever do that will put you in more danger than driving a car. Yeah, and that's something like most people do constantly. Well, not, you know, a lot of the time. We don't think about that, you know? You're taking this piece of metal careening faster than your body was ever meant to go down the street with a bunch of other people doing the same thing in various weather conditions and lighting conditions. That's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Cars are an affront to God, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So vampires, compared to that, nah. Do, do vampires um, uh, accost random people on the street? Or, or uh, like all murders, are they mostly committed by friends and family? You know, that's a misconception. That's definitely a misconception I had when I was getting into vampire hunting is I was like, mm. there's going to be a lot of killing of humans. I've never seen a human killed uh, by a vampire. I did one time, but it was because the person had a peanut allergy. So that's a little bit different. Yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah, that ruined the bake sale. You did that. That was you. I mean, I I didn't make the peanut butter cookies. I was just working the table where right. it happened. And I made the sale. It was completely unrelated to They any looked vampire. like chocolate chip cookies, which is why I think that person was confused and it was really hectic. Yeah. But I mean, technically it was Chaz hmm. who made them. So then if vampires are not a threat to uh, a non-vampire person, then what can we non-vampire people do to uh, support and uplift the vampire community? Well, you could think about supporting Blood Now. Mm -hmm. Blood Now is an organization that will help all of us get access to blood right now. Clean blood, good blood, uh, whether you need it for a transfusion or a snack. Mm. I, I would I would I would really recommend looking into blood now. It's probably not what you think. It's certainly not what I thought. Definitely not what I thought. Hmm. What did you think exactly? Oh, I mean, like I think I assumed that um they just like had a bunch of like human slaves that they were like siphoning blood off of matrix style mm -hmm. and keep like selling that off to other vampires um but it's actually just like all donation based some of the blood mm. is synthetic yeah blood um, multiplication um yeah there's is... there's a lot of um research into stem cells that's contributed to some some great strides that don't just have to do with producing blood for you know obviously like in like caloric intake we've also um Lot, there are a lot of, of vampires in the medical field, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. you have all of this time for research. You're able to work long hours. So you ever seen a really chipper doctor at 3 a.m. who's like, I've been here for 30 hours? Vampire. Absolutely. Definitely a vampire. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Now, uh, just to be clear on this, um, you two are not vampires. No. 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 I, my, my grandfather really tried hard to get yeah. me into the whole thing when I was young, but no. So how old are you exactly? Oh, I'm 65. No, oh, yes. And uh, Helvetica, if it's not too much to ask, how old are you? I'm trying to remember. Um, you know, uh, you could even, uh, what was the concert that you and your friend went to that might give us an idea? It was like this big festival, Wood something. Hmm. Was it the one with um, like Jimi Hendrix and 
Oh, yeah, he was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you got tickets. I tried so yeah, hard. I know. It was so lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, Woodstock. Yeah, that that's the one. The first one. Oh, wow. Vampires at Woodstock. I, I was probably should have seen that coming. Like a teenager, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, like what? I was a kid, obviously. I'm not that old. I mean, it, it's like, it's like what, the 90s now? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just about. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today for this bonus episode. We really appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything that uh, you'd like to tell our listeners of regarding Dracula But before we say goodbye? If you end up talking with Dracula, the best thing to do is just not continue asking questions. Um, oh, yeah, he will go. He will go. If you, you know, if you do the polite thing and just try and keep the conversation going by, like, engaging, he's not going to stop. At a certain point, you just have to be silent and he will get the message, but he'll just go. I I mean, if I was going to say something regarding Drake, I'd say like, rather than just letting him talk himself out, ask him about his uh, experimental jazz mixtape. Oh my gosh. You will die. Yeah. It is so funny. It's the whole thing's on Bandcamp. I'll see if I can find a link and send it to you. Oh my God. Literally? Will I literally die? Just check it. No, no, you won't literally die. I mean, you might if you listen to the whole thing. There's so many tracks. Oh, yeah, it is really long. You might not live the whole time, Mm. but I don't think it will kill you. No, it wouldn't. I mean, we're humans. We listen to it, so it's fine. I haven't listened to all of it. Have you listened to all of it? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Thank you both so much, and please have a pleasant night. Yes, you too. Thank you. Thank you. April Fools! Thank you so much for listening to this very special bonus episode of Regarding Dracula. Our serious bonus episodes will start, along with the first of our letters from our good friend Jonathan Harker, in May. And we can't wait to show you what we've been working on. In the meantime, thanks to our wonderful guests on today's episode. Helvetica was played by Brooke Jeanette, a brilliant voice actor and producer on the excellent horror anthology podcast 13. Fans of horrifying audio drama, you have to check it out. Draken was played by Mason Amadeus, co-host of the nonfiction podcast Digital Folklore, and one-third of the hilarious comedy show Podcube. If you want more ridiculous improv like this episode, Podcube is the show for you. This episode was hosted by Hannah Wright and edited by Tal Minear. We'll meet again soon, listeners, but until then, come freely, go safely, and leave something of the happiness you bring. Goodbye. Me and Benedict sitting in a tree. Uh-huh. V-A-M-P-I-R-E. First comes blood, then comes... I think um, the horrible blood flames. The horrible blood flames. Then comes Martin Freeman and a baby carriage. Yeah, that's. I think so that's right. A lot of slang in the vampire community uh, flows basically up from the youngest generation. So a lot of Gen Z slang. You have got to hear Drake say that something is lit. When he dabs... I've tried to tell Drake that that one is like, we've gone pretty far past dabbing, but Drake, a lot mm-hmm. of times, will come into a room. I mean, he still like scratches his chin at people. So yeah, can, you know, yeah, I know. If he's he's going to fix his favorite. If he's had a few, he'll be like, hello, everybody, I'm here, blah, yeah. blah, blah, dab, dab, dab. Yeah. And it's very, it's very campy. Vampy campy, you know, it all kind of comes from the same place. What was your question? <laughs> I don't remember.